Highly Enthused, a shortcut to things worth consuming, presented by two women named Sophie who spend too long on the internet. I'm Sophie Roberts. And I'm Sophie McComas. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Highly Enthused, your favourite podcast and favourite Sophies. (laughs) Hello. It's a bold (laughs) statement, but we make it every time. How are you? Oh, look. It's uh, it's been an interesting few weeks here in the old Summer Hill, my new abode. I got made redundant a few weeks ago, which I know you already knew, but our listeners do not know. And so I've just been spending a lot of time doing two things. I have been researching my holiday, which has been the fun part, though I think I maybe over-researched it. I might have reached the limit. I didn't think there was one, but I have. And I've also been job hunting. So I'm hoping by the time this airs, I'll have finished doing both of those things because <laughs> uh, they're quite tiring. The job hunting in particular is just a lot of trying to be really vibrant on Zoom, which is oh. really tiring. Yes. Tiring. Do you ever have those moments where you're on a Zoom call and you're being super animated and then as soon as the Zoom call finishes, it's like your face powers off like a robot? it literally I like click end call and it's like my face just shuts down like I'm a psychopath so you know hoping (laughs) to see the end of that soon how about you well at least it's something good to look forward to at the end of this tunnel of uh job hunting chaos yes I've enjoyed having you around more that's been fun true we get our Friday morning hangs where I terrify Ned (laughs) Get to watch him eat a croissant. Just watch him shove pastry into his mouth. It's a sight to behold. Very fun. Yeah, I've been good. Had a I've had a cold like as everyone has for you know weeks now. Weeks (laughs) Um, constant. It's gone on ten days, and I took um, a cold and flu tablet after like battling it out for like a week, being like, no, it's fine, it's fine. Then I took one and I was like, okay, I'm cured. Yeah, that really worked. (laughs) I feel completely normal. Like. Everything's fixed. Thank you, pseudoephedrine. But yeah, I mean, who isn't snotty? Who isn't snotty right now? Show me someone who's not snotty and I will show you they're snot. Everyone's snotty. <laughs> Everyone. Including the kids, the grandparents, the normal people. Everyone's disgustingly snotty. So I'm feeling, feeling for everyone out there. I like that you only have three categories of people. Children, grandparents, and normal people. That's it. They're the only (laughs) categories. That came out of my mouth and I was like, that was weird. (laughs) This is my little box that I live in. I should have included friends. Friends. (laughs) Kids, grandparents, friends, normal people. Great. Got it. The four four people. Uh, Uh, Well, let's eat some stuff. What have you enjoyed? Well, We have talked about AP Bakery before when they first opened. I think they're definitely the it bakery of Sydney at the moment, if there is such a thing. They've got their location on the top of Paramount House that's been open for a while and they've got a new spot in the back streets of Newtown, which is really cute. And people are nuts for their pastries. Like Instagram just fills up with all these photos of their danishes and croissants and the pizza Bianca and the bomboloni. Like you name it, they have a delicious pastry version. But I want to sing the praises of one of their not-so-humble breads. So Dougal Moffat, who we've talked about a lot on this show, he used to work at Moon Acres. He made the famous Tuberkas, which they also sell at AP Bakery. Um, and he's the head baker at AP. And so apparently he sources these old-world wheat varietals that, like, 
like only a few farms still make and like works directly with farmers and they actually mill all of their flour in house did you know this they like imported a mill from america and grind all their own wheat well all of it i did not know that i think like if not all of it the majority of it which is crazy cool and so all their bread already has this kind of amazing deep nutty savory flavor that you don't get from just a standard kind of sourdough from your run-of-the-mill bakery but then this loaf is the sesame and fenugreek loaf Mm. it is taken to the next level by this like crackly shiny toasty dark crust and they use fenugreek and sesame as the name obviously implies and when I first heard it I was just like that is two ingredients that I have never associated together and Mm. fenugreek is not something I've ever like even really thought much about (laughs) as a flavor you know like it's something you don't really I mean yeah curry but like personally don't use it a lot or you know haven't used it a lot in my cooking but then the first time I had this bread I kind of bought it on a whim and I could not believe how like savory and flavorful it was it's the kind of bread that they will serve at a restaurant warm with salted butter and you're like I will pay six dollars for that that is (laughs) fucking delicious um I have been loving it you know I'm not a breakfast person like I am a get a coffee have lunch early kind of person but I actually love it with jam and butter. Um, I've been working through a jar of the Cornersmith's peach and lime jam with salted butter. Oh, my God. It's like mm. the perfect meal because the savoriness of the bread works so nicely with like a sweet jam. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm like drooling just thinking about it. Also great in the kimchi uh, toasty that I talked about the other week. I made one of those today and I thought of you. <sighs> It wasn't a, a delicious, delicious lunchtime option. So good. So good. I fried it. <laughs> fried it in a pan. Oh, it was the best. Even better. Next level. And then I actually, last night, I had like the last little nub that I'd sort of been saving, even though it was definitely stale. Um, but I whizzed it up and turned it into the most decadent toasted breadcrumbs to top off this bowl of creamy white beans that I made for dinner and it like took them to another level because there's so much flavor in that crust that like you turn it into breadcrumbs and it's like a whole new thing yum had like a little bit of breadcrumbs left and just when I was cleaning up I was like I could save these I was like or I could eat them with this spoon (laughs) and just straight up (laughs) ate fried breadcrumbs out of a frying pan no waste which no waste says a little bit about my mental state but a lot more about how great the bread is (laughs) Yum. That sounds so good. I'm all for like, yeah, switching up the standard sourdough. I'm keen. I'm keen to try it. So that is the sesame and fenugreek loaf. It's at AP Bakery. Um, I believe it's about $10, maybe a little bit more. I actually never really look at the prices at AP. I just sort of black out and spend $40. It just happens every time. (laughs) But it's, it's well worth the splurge if you're looking for something to make your toast and sandwiches a bit more exciting on a normal rainy week. Thanks. What about you? What have you eaten this week? Uh, I've been cooking pasta off Instagram again. Amazing. (laughs) As is, as I want to do. I found this incredible pasta recipe from a friend who recommended it by a woman called Sean Redgrave. She's a sort of Mm -hmm. like food creative slushy gal. She won Great Australian Bake Off in 2015, which I didn't watch but respect. She's since like become a recipe developer. She's done some stylings. She just like, you know, dabbles in a lot of different food things. Mm -hmm. Anyway, she has a bunch of recipes on her website and Instagram. And the one I tried after this friend recommended it was the Cavolo Nero Rigatoni. 
So I really like Cavalonero. It's one of those things I always buy at the grocer. I always have some in my fridge, like just for sauteing, like for eggs, just litzing it up in smoothies. It's always in my fridge. It's like they're more palatable kale, I feel like. like it's got a way better <laughs> texture. You don't have to like massage it kind of like you have to do with the normal curly kale. Yeah. Half of the work's done for you. Yeah. Like we don't need to be doing that. And the photo of it is like luro green, like absolutely vibrant and delicious. And basically it's just kale, like the cavolo, butter and garlic. <laughs> Very great. great. So you blanch two cloves of garlic and we were serving four. So we did a whole head of cavalino in boiling salted water for a couple of minutes just so they get that bright greenness to them. They don't start going dark again. They're just like lightly blanched, barely wilted, and the edge has kind of been taken off the garlic as well because raw garlic is all in the turns. So if you blanch, like takes that edge off it, spice out of it. Roasted garlic in there, really yum. So then you remove the greens and drain them and put them like rinse them under cold water to stop that cooking process and really maintain that colour. Squeeze it out a little bit, pop them in the blender with the garlic. I use my mum's Nutribullet, which I think I'm the only one that ever uses a Nutribullet. <laughs> so it's like in the pantry, in the box, highest shelf, never gets touched. But very good for this sauce, extremely yeah. effective. If you have a Thermomix, it would be really great for this too or just like a really awesome high-speed blender. You blend the garlic and the cavolo with a really good glug of olive oil, salt and pepper, a really like nice shaving of parmesan and enough cooled water to get a good kind of saucy consistency going. So not too much water. You don't want it to be too watery. You blend it up until it's like ultra smooth. So this is when you really need the like high-speed hectic blender. You warm it then once it's ready on a deep in like a deep pan on the stove. Put a few spoonfuls of butter, like kind of go overboard with the butter. Like it really just like emulsifies. It gives it that gloss, that richness. Like you're eating like basically salad right now. So we need a bit of fat. <laughs> I also added like a tiny bit of soy sauce and some finishing vinegar at the end just to give it that little like extra something. Oh, yeah. Scott has really just taught me to put soy sauce in every pasta. So now I just <laughs> put it in all pastas and it's really good. You then, once the pasta is done, like the fat, big rigatoni, you could use kind of like casarecce or actually you could probably use any, any spaghetti or like whatever you want with this. Once it's al dente, pop it in the pan with some pasta water, toss it all around and then add just like way more parmesan like a lot of parmesan, and then that's it. You're done. You're eating a salad, but it's pasta. <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> it's just really creamy and like mm. it doesn't taste like grassy like you'd expect from kale. It tastes creamy and green and like delicious. Really, really good. I actually brought some, I bought some um, stracciatella to put on the end, but I totally forgot to put it on and it didn't even need it. <laughs> I found it the next morning. I was like, damn it. <laughs> It kind of reminds me of the that risotto I did from the yeah. also from Instagram with the Cavallo Nero. Instagram loves Cavallo Nero. What can we say? Mm, true, true, true. Yeah. Um, I feel like if you were, you know, serving someone who wouldn't eat a kale salad, but they would really like this. Like it is not the yeah. same thing. They'd just be impressed. And the colour just looks so cool. Really yum. That is Sean Redgrave's Cavolo Nero pasta. It's saved on her highlights. We'll link it in the newsletter. And read, watch, or listen. So, Ro, what's up? Okay, I've done a book. Exciting. Mm. How exciting. Um, so, <laughs> look, as reflected by the introduction today, 2022 has been a bit of a mixed bag for me personally in my personal life. Um, but culturally, I have really 
I've won. I've had a great year. Two of my favorite books have been turned into television shows and two of my other favorite books had unexpected sequels. And this book that I'm talking about is one of them. Did you read um, The Idiot by Elif Batuman? It came out in 2017. No, I actually think I have it, but I haven't read it yet. It was overshadowed by another debut author, uh, Sally Rooney's Conversation with Friends. They came out at very wow. similar times. I read both of them and loved both of them. But um, The Idiot was definitely a bit more of a harder sell. It's set in the mid-90s and it's kind of semi-autobiographical. Elif Batchman based it on her own diaries from her time at college in 1995. And it follows Selin, a Turkish-American woman who's a freshman at Harvard, and it's all about her email-based relationship with an older Harvard student named Ivan. It's like the early days of the internet. Like they have to log into their campus computers to use this this function that's like space age to them. That premise doesn't really do it justice though. It's like unlike any other kind of campus coming of age novel that I've ever read. Just the voice, Elif Batchman's voice is so distinct. So the book I am talking about today though is the sequel to that. It's called Either Or. And it's the follow-up to that novel. So it's set in Selin's second year at Harvard and it really like picks up almost immediately after the first one finished. It's kind of like... Love that. Like if it was a movie, it would be like a fade cut and then fade in and you're starting again. (laughs) You know, there's like barely any time's passed. And so as with the first one, she's kind of grappling with what kind of life to lead. She's also kind of analyzing the fallout or kind of lack thereof of her fizzled out interactions with Ivan that she's just been to Europe to Hungary on this trip and so like I find with Elif Batchman like I've had people tell me that they found the idiot dull or they didn't really get it and I, I understand it because her book's a bit of a Trojan horse like it sounds when you describe it like any other college coming of age story but As an author, Elif Batchman really reckons with deep questions of philosophy and ethics and literature and culture and art, and it's all, like, put through the prism and the viewpoint of this character who's at Harvard and is, like, learning and reading all these books. And, like, she has this very, like, rigorous, curious, almost obsessive way of she'll read a book and she'll be like, but what does this mean? This changes everything. Like, how do I live now that I know this? I'm This is strange. Like, these, this is, like, rearranging my way of, like, thinking, which I think is why I loved it so much because it reminded me of those early days of uni where, like, you're studying sociology for the first time and, like, your entire worldview gets challenged by some really amazing professor and you're like, but what does it mean? Like, I thought I understood the world and I don't. And it's really like real time. So the title of The Idiot of her first book was taken from Dostoevsky's book of the same name. And the title of this book, Either Or, is taken from a book by Danish uh, writer and kind of philosopher Kierkegaard, Mm. which apparently is all about whether it's better to live an aesthetic life or an ethical life. Celine like directly kind of she literally reads these books in the novel and then is like piecing them apart and trying to figure out how they apply to her she engages with these really dry like literary texts in this really personal way that I think only a teenager or very young adult ever could but it's also mixed in with this sort of standard college coming of age experiences and it's also just very very funny I have laughed out loud multiple times reading this book so I don't know I don't think I'm selling this very well because it's really hard to explain why her tone and her voice and her point of view is so 
distinct. You just kind of have to read it to experience it. But um, interesting that like she's reading a book in a book. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can't yeah. quite visualize how that would play out. It sounds so interesting. Oh, Elif Batcherman is just like a fucking freak of nature genius. If you want to get a taste for her writing before you commit to reading two books <laughs> based on my recommendation, you can seek out the article she wrote, which was in the New Yorker about Japan's renter family industry, which is this mm. bizarre and crazy world. And it's an amazing, amazing article that got a lot of attention. And I actually think one of the best things to listen to before you read any of her books is there's this amazing long form podcast episode where she talks all about that article, but she doesn't really, she talks about so many things. Like, I just think she's brilliant. I want to get inside her brain and just like swim around in it. She is, I don't, I don't know. I've never listened to someone who's so curious and generous and humble and clearly also a brilliant savant and I, I'm obsessed. I could talk about it for hours. So anyway, you've just listened to me rambling on. That is Either Or. It's by Elif Batcherman. Uh, you might have to read another book in order to read this book. I'm sorry about the nested recommendations, but you won't regret it. She's she's so smart and amazing and I love it. That was such a good recap. <laughs> so much energy. It's always almost enthusiastic, you could say. What about you? <laughs> I'm recommending a film. It is called The Worst Person in the World. Have you seen it? I have. Yeah. I saw it at one of the film festivals that it was showing at, I think at the end of last year, actually. It was so good. Oh, cool. Yeah. I, I loved it. It it had a lot of hype. The lead, Renata Reinsve, won Best Actress at Cannes last year and Vanity mm-hmm. Fair called it the film of the year. It's like very Sally Rooney-esque if you're a fan of that kind of story of, you know, young women. <laughs> and their relationships and like slight messiness it's actually a Norwegian film so um it's in Norwegian and it's directed by Joachim Trier it's set in Oslo and it really kind of gives you an insight into that you know a lot of stuff that like a lot of young women a lot of young people in that millennial age group late 20s early 30s go through about ambition and career and love and trying to find things out and the grass is always greener and like really grappling with your identity and what you want to do with your life and like maybe all generations do this but I feel like it's been particularly portrayed in the millennial set. The main character is Julie. She starts off doing medicine and then she switches to psychology and then she figures out she actually wants to be a photographer. She floats around not doing much. She like works in a bookstore. She's just kind of like a work in progress. She meets this well-known slightly subversive cartoonist and they get into a relationship kind of he's a bit older than her she's unsure if she wants to have kids they kind of float along he's quite famous and constantly going to these events where she's you know standing to the side watching wistfully she ends up leaving one of these events and walks home comes across a wedding happening on one of the streets that she's walking down in a house. Just kind of walks in and is like, pours herself a wine, <laughs> looks around, hangs out there, locks eyes with a guy. They have this incredible night. It's one of the best scenes in the film is this night where they meet at this wedding and just have crazy conversations and this amazing interaction. And it kind of, you know, unfolds from there. It's 
it's a comedy, but then it's like quite tragic. There's there's cancer in it. There's a lot of like sad moments, but also these oh, such funny moments of like levity and hilarity. Like it's laugh out loud, ridiculously funny. She's really reckless, and yeah, there's there's a lot of that out there. Like that, yeah, messy millennial, I guess. And this does play into it a bit. She's imperfect. She's in flux, but not everything gets tied up into this neat tidy bow at the end there like a lot of questions remain unanswered you're like what's she gonna do now <laughs> at the end <laughs> you don't, you're not really sure but it was really mesmerizing it's it's beautiful it's shot in 35 millimeter it's just this like gorgeous gorgeous cinematography it really made me want to go to Oslo and oh, yeah I actually haven't seen much Norwegian cinema but I really want to seek out the rest of Joachim Trier's work because yeah it's beautiful and really interesting and the actress Renata Reinsvay she was I think this has been documented quite a bit in the media but she was about to quit acting she was like fuck this I'm done done I'm done I'm done I'm not into this anymore like I can't crack it and then the next day she got a call from the director about this movie and like catapulted her into fame you know she won best actress at Cannes incredible and she was just about to give up and that's so funny side note but one time um, me and my friend went to a tarot card reader and (laughs) I kind of hardly remember what she said to me but I remember what she said to my friend and it was like the second you like give up is just before you're about to make it like finding a job or moving overseas or anything like that. So the second you feel like you're about to give up, just remember that it's just around the corner. And I feel like that's happened to this actor. <laughs> it's so cool. But it's a beautiful film. I, I really loved it. It's, yeah, it's not an easy watch, but it's hilarious and dark and messy and, yeah. So that is The Worst Person in the World. There's a few places you can watch it. You can rent it on YouTube or Amazon Prime. Um, yeah, it was great. All right, bye, Odu. What have you done this week? <laughs> uh, I have to laugh at myself. So I accidentally signed up for class fast. I did the like free month and then didn't cancel it in time. So now I've got like oh. another month of it. It happens, you know. We all we've all been there. So because of that, I have been actually going to yoga regularly for the mm-hmm. first time since pre-COVID. I managed to keep Pilates up during lockdowns, but something about yoga if I'm not in a room away from my phone I will give up like I just couldn't couldn't get it together so I just hadn't been hadn't been going for for years now anyway I was like I've signed up and I went to Humming Puppy in Chippendale which is like the fanciest nicest yoga studio in the world it's such a beautiful space the room that you do the yoga in is like dark and it's warm without being sweaty so like you walk up the stairs into the studio and you're like ah I can relax I'm not cold (laughs) finally (laughs) and it also so the name humming puppy refers to the fact that the whole room is like set up to to have this like really resonant humming sound and it's at Mm. this frequency that's apparently really good for your brain I have no idea the science behind that I do know that I feel like my brain has been scrubbed clean at the end of a class, which is really nice. And look, what I do know is I went into the class and we started doing these stretches and like my shoulders have been bad and my back's been bad. And I just felt them like all finally release. And I was like really relaxed and I was like, wow, yoga is really good. Do like people know about this? (laughs) Tell people about yoga. It's like, oh my God, Mm. such a cliche. So yeah, guys. (laughs) 
you should do some yoga and some stretching. Uh, I used to always do like vinyasa classes, which are the like more intense flow classes where you kind of get your heart rate up and you move quite quickly. But Humming Puppy does these really beautiful, like more restorative classes where they focus like on holding poses and holding stretches and focusing on your breathing. And I think that's actually exactly what I need right now. So I've been doing the unified hum classes at Humming Puppy and they have these really good breathing exercises that have been really helpful for me when I'm like lying in bed and my brain's going a million miles an hour. So that is my revolutionary tip for the week, guys. (laughs) Do some yoga. If your back hurts or you're feeling frazzled, it's apparently quite effective. Groundbreaking. Groundbreaking. You heard it here first, guys. I'm glad. I'm glad you had a little breakthrough there. That's that's really nice. Oh, seriously, I literally thought like, wow, people need to know about this. And then I was like, so few people do know about this. People have known about this for thousands of years. (laughs) Thousands of years. You are not discovering yoga. Local girl discovers stretching is helpful. What about yourself? Have you been doing yoga as well or doing something more interesting? I've never quite gotten on the yoga train, but I am still on my quest to find underwear that does a very, very succinct number of specific things. Okay, tell me. So it's really hard to find underwear that A, has large enough and wide enough waistband so it doesn't cut in at your hips Mm. and like gives you that like ripple and you can see it through like every item of clothing Mm -hmm. maybe I'm just not wearing the right size but (laughs) potentially (laughs) I needed to be like soft and thin enough to just be really smooth and not show that VPL yep Um, I want it to be breathable and a natural fiber and soft and oh and I want to just look good (laughs) in general I mean you're asking a lot yeah I'm asking a lot but like am I am I really asking that much (laughs) like for fuck's sake it's 2020 where are all these underwear brands i've been on a quest i like constantly purchase different brands to find one that i like i really did like that bonds ribbed bikini mm-hmm. i'm still wearing them they're great but this is a new brand called first thing that has just launched it's an australian mm-hmm. brand the underwear is made from modal which is a natural like ultra soft fiber made from beech wood which oh. is apparently a really good sustainable choice and it takes like it takes like 20 times less water to produce beech than cotton which is awesome and their bras are made from like a new fabricated fabric which is made from nylon but it's all recycled reclaimed nylon fibers so that's really cool i feel like i don't really care if my bras breathe (laughs) i just want (laughs) my underwear to breathe i'm like i'm cool with that if they don't breathe so yeah these are so great they're so soft they're so fucking comfortable they do sit a little higher on the butt cheek like they've got that little like (laughs) cheeky cut at the back which i haven't 2020s that's just how things are cut now yeah, that's just it. Your butt is half out, half in. It's not in. It's half out. But like that wasn't on my list, so that's fine. It doesn't necessarily have to cover my butt. There's all these different cuts. They have like a classic bikini cut, a higher waist, which I'm keen on trying. They have a G option and a brief option. And yeah, the bras are really lightweight and comfortable and I'm just really into it. First thing, .com.au. Check it out. Australian, it's like a young woman who started it and yeah, I'm keen to try more. And if anyone has any like perfect underwear brands that fit all those categories, DM me because all I want to do is find the perfect pair. I'm close. I'm really close. I really like these. So yeah, that's it. 
Thursday Great. underwear. I think we're at Amazing. what time is it now? The fast five. five. Love to see it. My first one. Ooh, boy, do I have a delicious one. Have you been to Ban Quan Ba On in Marrickville? Yes. Yes, I have. Oh, it's so, so good. good. It's always so busy too. Oh, it's so busy. Maybe we should go one Friday when we're not working. So yeah. it is a tiny little spot on Illawarra Road in Marrickville and it has a focus on northern Vietnamese dishes. I didn't know this, but most Vietnamese food in Sydney is southern Vietnamese food. So it's mm. unique in this way. They only have a few seats inside, but when the weather's good, they put some tables outside down their layway, which is quite like fun and feels really like you're in in Southeast Asia. And so the main focus on their menu is their ban quan, which are these gorgeous, slippery, steamed rice noodle rolls, which they stuff with minced pork and woody mushrooms. And then they're served on this platter with this pile of fresh herbs and greens and this really fish sauce, heavy, sweet, spicy dipping sauce, which has your choice of protein. I got the grilled pork. Highly recommend getting a coconut on the side as your beverage. It's like under $15. It is delicious. It's really great for a little solo lunch. I went there and just like stuffed my face with them. That's Ban Quan Ba on Marrickville, Illawarra Road. You will have to line up if it's a weekend, but it is worth the wait. Yeah, love that place. I need to go again. Um, So my second recommendation is for a Uniqlo denim work jacket in cream I don't normally go to Uniqlo like I tend to try to avoid the more fast fashion but I popped in to grab some like another heat tech shirts it's been so cold and some of those high-waisted undies that we mentioned way back in like season one or two it was a recommendation early part of my undie journey Yes. Um, I picked up a couple of pairs of those because I do like those. Um, but while I was there, I was waiting for Andrew, my boyfriend, to choose a jumper. And I was just like flicking through some of the men's stuff. And I found this jacket and it's like the perfect denim, like chore style jacket. So I bought a small size in the men's in the cream color. And it's just like this perfect boxy oversized style. I looked at the website and they've actually got it styled on both men and women. So I think it's supposed Mm. to be a unisex jacket. It also comes in this great really dark navy denim as well, but it's got that really nice heavy cotton. It sits really nicely. It kind of keeps its shape um, without being too heavy and a big enough cut or a generous enough cut that you can actually wear it over a chunky knit which is the benefit of men's jackets over women's jackets because they put more space in the arms yes so you can like fit a knit through so i've been living in it it's great awesome yeah so uniqlo men's denim work jacket in cream and it was 60 dollars. so i can afford that on my redundancy lack of income (laughs) highly enthused on a budget guys (laughs) Number three is my semi-regular nail polish color recommendation. This is for the Essie nail polish in cute as a button. Now, this is a really fun, they say it's a persimmon pink nail color. It looks quite pink in the bottle, but it comes out this kind of perfect fresh pinky orange It's really great for your toes. If you're quite pale like me, I feel like it's one of those colors that makes you look a little bit more tanned than you are, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of very flattering on a a pale skin tone. But it's very fresh and fun and it feels summery, but it's not so bright that it feels wrong in cold weather. So that is cute as a button by Essie. I think they're like 13 bucks. You can get them at Priceline. Number four 
is for a podcast that I have listened to for ages and I was searching to make sure I hadn't recommended it. I couldn't believe I hadn't talked about it yet. It is the Literary Friction Podcast. So I think this is actually a monthly radio show, but they release it as a podcast as well. And it's hosted by two really funny, clever women who both live in the UK. One's English, one's American. It's obviously about my favorite topic, books. And they alternate between doing deep dive into like themes and literature. So they'll do books about parties or fathers or the campus novel. And they'll also do interviews with authors about books that they've written. And in a fun coincidence, their most recent interview is with Elif Batchman. So a great starting point, but they also have a really great back catalogue. Like it's worth searching through because you'll definitely find an author that you love that you can listen to. And they're they're just really smart and I really love how they talk about books and that's great if you're like, you know, need a new podcast to dig into. Awesome. So that's Literary Friction. I also enjoy the name, love a pun. And my final recommendation for the week is a pair of earrings by the brand Reliquia, which is an Australian brand. They are, It's their fine swirl earrings. I got these for Christmas. I know you have them as well. In fact, I think every second woman in Sydney might already own them, <laughs> but they're great. They're a very fine gold hoop and they're like a wavy hoop. So like they're kind of, they're not just a plain semicircle. They're about... I don't know, a centimetre, centimetre and a half in diameter, centimetre and a half in diameter. And the nicest part is that the the hoop's got like a kind of ridged texture so it's not smooth. I'm not explaining it very well. But it's just got a little bit more visual interest than a classic fine hoop does. So they're great if you want to like jazz your ear area up a little bit. <laughs> you know? Yeah, just these like, are so good. Yeah. They're really good like everyday mm earring that's just a bit something extra yeah just a little bit oh what are you wearing so that's the reliquia fine swirl earrings they're often on sale and that's it for me how about you thank you what is your fast five okay so number one it's citrus season and so we should be putting them in all our baked goods Mm -hmm. which is what i'm doing i love cheesecake and i tried out alison roman's citrusy cheesecake which she published in her newsletter a few months ago I actually went ahead and watched the video recipe first which I don't often do I'm just like I just want to read it (laughs) I'm like what are you going to tell me in the video that you're not telling me in the written recipe but it turns out there's a lot (laughs) a lot that happens in the video that they don't write down you've just discovered the entire premise behind cooking shows (laughs) exactly I should have known that already it's a baked cheesecake so it's quite solid but it's just jiggly in the center and it's like light and whipped and just delicious and the flavor is just really subtle orange there's orange zest but there's also lemon zest in there and I think if you like you can do grapefruit Mm. as well so it's like mixed citrus but it's not overpoweringly orange it's not like it's not like an orange sponge or pound cake or something like it's very subtle and creamy and I think the dairy really tempers it I think she describes it as a creamsicle and I haven't had one of them but I think I can imagine what that tastes like it's always great (laughs) I love a biscuit base this has that and yeah you know any more any excuse to eat more cream cheese is just fine with me so that is Alison Roman's citrusy cheesecake Number two is the White Rabbit Gallery and Tea House in Chippendales. We've got two Chippendale wrecks for you. Combine them both, go to one after the other, 
<laughs> and I've been making regular visits to here lately, like every time they have a new exhibition, with, which is every, you know, three or so months. And I really love it. And I feel like people who visit Sydney, you know, maybe live like way over east, not really in the inner west or around central Sydney, keep it on their radar that much. Mm. I feel like if you're visiting, you just would go to the big ones and you wouldn't necessarily know to go here. It's an independent gallery, but it showcases modern Chinese art. The shows can be like quite dark and subversive, but they're always amazing and it's free, which is so cool. And there's a sweet little tea and dumpling house on the ground floor, which is so great. I've been taking Ned there for like little visits, (laughs) which is such a cute activity to do, especially on rainy days and a little lunch in the tea shop afterwards. And it also has one of the best gallery gift shops in Sydney. Really cool. Really cool games and toys and like lights and candles and just really cool stuff that you actually want to buy that isn't like artsy aunt you know it's actually like quite cool (laughs) I love artsy aunt as a genre but I take your point yes it's a great gift shop artsy aunt that's the title of our next podcast watch this face (laughs) that is the white rabbit gallery and tea house in Chippendale and my third recommendation kind of bounces off that speaking about the gift shop I found something there which is so much fun it's called fool the game and it's a really fun game if you need some more like winter activities with your friends when you're drunk (laughs) (laughs) Um, like if you're inside just drinking wine on the couch this is what you should play yeah it's called fool and it's sort of like charades except you're given two decks of cards to choose from you pick one of each a location and a scenario and you have to act them out you you can like use words use your body you can like describe personal things like all the rules are kind of broken from charades but you can't say the words on the cards and they have really like (laughs) random and things that you have to act out like you're getting divorced at the cinema you have to like act out getting divorced and people have to guess they have to guess the action and the scenario and the location you're eating an oyster for the first time at your partner's parents fancy lunch or you're like (laughs) confessing your love for someone in a classroom like really (laughs) random combos of stuff and it's quite hard you're like fuck how am I gonna do this but then you remember that you can talk like which you can't in charades and you're like okay this is really fun so yeah it's pretty ridiculous but it's it's great you can buy it online or yeah they sell it at white rabbit very cool and number four here back with my random fruit recommendation (laughs) is it's tangelo season and i can't believe i've never talked about tangelo season on this podcast i'm stunned frankly i've just kept you all in the dark it's just the best fruit it's so yum it's like a cross between a mandarin and an orange so they have like clear peelable segments like a mandarin but they're really juicy like an orange but they're really tart so they're quite Mm. sour they're not like sweet like a mandarin or an orange and they're really full of juice. They're like so full of juice. Like you bite into it and it's like, poof, like it really quenches your thirst, you know, like a citrus yeah. should. Then they're never dry. Like, you know, when you get those crap dry mandarins and crap dry oranges and you're so pissed off. Oh, if I bite into a dry mandarin, I'm like, you're being composted. This is not, I'm not bothering. Oh, Life is too short it's not for a dry it. mandarin. And it happens frequently. Like <sighs> th- that's never happened to me with a tangelo. I'm always satisfied and I'm always happy. <laughs> so treat yourself, folks, <laughs> to the best citrus out there, the tangelo. I look forward to your feedback. And, okay, my final recommendation for this episode is 
a new, well, I don't know if it's new, but a new to me brand of instant noodles called Kiki, which is a Taiwanese brand. And I particularly like the Szechuan flavor. You love a spicy Szechuan snack. Oh, any time of day. I've been really working on like the snack cupboard at Buffet and we've got a whole bunch of these in there. So they haven't been deep fried like a lot of instant noodles are. They've been sun dried, which sounds slightly better for you. (laughs) And they come with this incredible Sichuan pepper seasoning and like delicious oil. I like to put some tahini in there to make it like a little creamy. Mm. And then you can like grate cucumber in there or chop up some bok choy and like steam it, put that through it. Some nuts, like some more sesame seeds, really like bulk it out. But the flavor is just so young. It's delicious. It doesn't feel fake. It feels just like you're eating a bowl of hat made noodles that someone made you in a shop. And so good for the office. Like, yeah, someone had the idea to get good instant noodles and I was like, I would have never thought of that. That's an awesome idea. We're doing it. Apparently the scallion flavor is also really yum. I'm very keen to try them. These are a little bit hard to find. They are in like quite disparate Asian grocers. So like whenever you go into your local Asian grocer, look for them, Kiki, but you can buy them online. The shipping is a little bit expensive, but just buy like 20 packs and it'll be fine. I was going to say, so buy bulk buy, get into a co-op, become (laughs) your local... Taiwanese instant noodle distributor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe I should be that person. Yeah, that's I'm your happy. Side I'm hustle. Happy so that's yeah, Kiki Sichuan instant noodles, and that wraps us up, folks. That is the end. <sighs> well, it's the end for now. You will hear from us again in two weeks. You can find us in the interim at highly enthused on Instagram. You can sign up for our newsletter at highlyenthused.substack.com. You can upgrade your life by upgrading to a paid subscription for the low, low price of five Australian dollars a month. Uh, If you're an international listener, that's like change, change, a coin. (laughs) It's like nothing. You should definitely sign up. Buy one for yourself. Buy one for your friend. And you can email us at highlyenthused at gmail.com. And that's it. Yeah. That's it. That's all there is. (laughs) We will see see you in a few weeks. In two weeks. Bye. Bye. Bye.